0: pastor greg laurie out of southern california of course there at harvest christian fellowship and uh boy he's done so much we don't even need to start down that road you've done so much great work uh with books movies ministries crusades uh being on the board of directors at the billy graham evangelistic association and now this latest book billy graham the man i knew pastor greg laurie thank you for being with us sir
1: greg good to be with you there's not that many gregs out there so i'm always happy to talk to another greg are you a uh Gregory or a Greg with two Gs? It's Gregory. I'm a Gregory too, Gregory. Yes.
0: <laughs> I always tell people, yeah, some people say, is that two Gs? And I say, yeah, one at the beginning, one at the end. Yeah, uh, and then some good. people are three Gs. So uh, anyway, hey, uh, let me mention first, I know we've got some good common friends. We're here in Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, John and Andy Irwin, I know you've gotten close yeah. to those guys the last few years.
1: Totally, yeah. We're We're just getting ready to start. shooting a film called Jesus Revolution it's based on a book I wrote by the same title and it's going to be a movie about the last great spiritual awakening in America so it's gonna be a feature film and and so I'm looking forward to that
0: yeah I picked up a few years ago I was at a a, an old bookstore and Mm -hmm. I picked up a life magazine that had the uh, explo is it 72 Yes, yeah, on, on the front cover, and it was in cool. mint condition. And I gave it oh, to Andy, nice. and I gave it to Andy, and oh. so uh, so may, maybe I, I'm gonna say I had a little bit of inspiration in that maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was really great though, and I knew I knew their father Hank. He I knew he was part of that and was there. Yeah, so. I
1: met him as well. He's a fantastic guy. Yeah,
0: Hank is a, a dear friend. All those guys are. So I wanted wanted to mention that because I know they think a lot of you. Uh, we don't see him as often now that they've moved to Nashville. But, well, they
1: uh, moved to Nashville.
0: I know it. I know. And I was they up there even hang recently. Out in
1: California too. So don't hold that against them. I <laughs> got you. They become Hollywood types now, Greg.
0: Yeah, they they are. They are. We, <laughs> used to, we used to have them right here in the studio with us, and now we have to. Lucky if we can get a phone call with them. Uh, okay, they,
1: I'm going to talk to them about that and tell them to remember their roots.
0: That's right. Uh, they will. They will. I'm not worried about it. Uh, well, hey, the the new book on Billy Graham. We've been talking about it all week, Greg, because of uh, you know the PBS special uh, Monday night. Uh, the American Experience on Billy Graham was solid, two hours, no commercials, a uh, documentary on uh, on Dr. Graham. And I don't know if you got to see it or not. I did watch it.
1: I have not seen it yet, and I'm going to watch it as soon as I'm done with this. I saw it was coming, so I'm very interested just see it. Tell me about it. What was your take on it?
0: Yeah, they they focused a lot on, on the politics, you know, and it being mm-hmm. a PBS special. You would, they they almost. Um, and I'm not going to say it was it was just horrible. Okay, it, it's not. They, there's some fairness in there, but they sort of made uh, Dr. Graham out to be very, uh, uh, very drawn to, to power, very drawn mm-hmm. to popularity, uh, to attention. Uh, almost in an unhealthy way. You know what I mean? Like, he liked this. It was. They said it was almost like a drug to him at one point. Um,
1: yeah, how can you read a person's motive? Look, I spent a lot of time with Billy Graham. That's why it's called Billy Graham, the man I knew. Uh, I was with him around large crowds. I was with him around regular people. And actually, that is so not an accurate representation of Billy. Yes, he was a famous figure. Yes, he... Use media very effectively, mm-hmm. but I think would really is that's there's nothing wrong with that. That that's a great thing because he used it for the gospel, not for himself. But privately, Billy was a humble, down-to-earth guy, very approachable. I was with him out in public settings. I remember I was with him at a Red Lobster once, yeah. having lunch, and we're talking, and and people just started walking up to him and talking to him. And the funny thing is, he was holding a crusade in that city. At the same time, an atheist convention was being held, so people are coming up wearing ID for the atheist convention, <laughs> excited to meet Billy Graham. He was gracious with every single person, took time for them, interrupted his meal, his food got cold. I saw him in so many settings like that. So, you know, uh, look, he he was, nobody is perfect, but I'll tell you this, Billy Graham was the godliest man I ever met. And trust me when I tell you Greg I would never write a book about someone if I didn't think they were the real deal there were not two Billy Grahams uh, that he was the same guy in private that he was in public
0: yeah well that's what you hear from everybody and and much yeah. of that they made out about his early you know his early career you know in the 50s yeah. and 60s they focused a lot on him and and, and Nixon um, and how maybe he you know got drawn into the power and got got maybe overly political but I don't know. Well, I don't Um,
1: think he did get overly political, Greg. I think he always maintained neutrality. And if that was not the case, why would he then be befriended by Bill Clinton? Yeah. And why would he be befriended by LBJ and even JFK? You know, yes, he had a friendship with Nixon. And by the way, even after the president left in shame, Billy still remained his friend in private, just trying to encourage Nixon uh billy you know was shocked to hear what the real richard nixon was like when he heard the watergate tapes etc uh was he taken advantage of by the president uh yes i believe he was but but he was listen it's not like he was drawn to power powerful people were drawn to him because they wanted his counsel because he kept their confidence because he, he here's the one mistake he made with presidents when he was a young preacher he went to the White House to meet President Truman, and he didn't know the protocol, so in the Oval Office, he put his hand on the shoulder of the president and prayed for him, and afterwards, some reporters came up and asked him what he talked with the president about, and he revealed a few details. Then the press asked him to get down with his team and get on one knee and do a you know photo op for them, which he did, and he saw it later and realized that was the wrong thing to do, and then he heard Truman was not happy, and so later... To his credit, Billy went to Truman after he was out of office and apologized to him. And Truman said to him, oh, someone should have briefed you on all those things. It's fine. So, yeah, a misstep. But give me a break. Uh, You know, even President Obama flew to Montreat, North Carolina to meet with Billy. Drawn to power? Power was drawn to him.
0: Yeah, and they they did after Nixon they sort of uh, blew over the rest of it. I, they talked a yeah. little bit about LBJ, but then they might have shown a, a picture of him with Reagan, and then they just sort of you know passed over the rest of it. It was almost yeah. like after Nixon, uh, that was kind of it. Um, and then next well, thing that's you know, well, not
1: true because he he continued on. He he had a very close relationship with Reagan, yeah. George H W Bush, uh, George W Bush said that Billy played a key role in him coming to Christ. Yep. He was close to the Clintons, very close to Bill Clinton. In fact, Bill Clinton and Hillary both came to his final crusade that he did in Fleshy Meadows, New York. I was there. I saw them there. So, I mean, he, he actually was involved. He would Don't forget that after 9-11, he went to the Washington Cathedral at the request of President George W. Bush and gave a, a message to comfort America. So actually, he had an involvement right up until he was no longer able to, at the request of the president. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you say you wrote this book um, to introduce Billy Graham to a younger generation that mm-hmm. maybe either just know the name and they certainly don't remember him being relevant because the last yeah. 10, 15 years of his life, he was, you know, was pretty low key. Uh, with his age, my goodness, he was 99 when he passed away. Uh, That's right. Why, why, why? Do you think it's uh, so important for people to know about Billy Graham?
1: Well, you know, he was a hero. He's a hero of the faith, and and people are looking for heroes today. And this is a man who started and ended well. Yes, he was famous. He was on the world's most admired man list more than anyone in history. But he he didn't that that fame did not weigh down on him. Heavily, he would often say, "I'm just a country preacher," and he wasn't trying to be. It wasn't fake humility. That's really what he was in his heart. He was a farm boy from North Carolina who had dreams to become a baseball player one day, and God plucked him out of his obscurity and used him to be a world leader. And uh, I think that um, this is a life worth celebrating. And, and, you know, and I, and I get a lot into the young Billy Graham because yeah. most people know him as the older, you know, grandfatherly figure with white hair, with his familiar profile. And he was that, of course, the lion in winter, if you will. Yeah. But he was a young, aggressive, very energetic risk taker in his youth. And he tried things no one tried. In fact, Billy Graham was the king of all media long before Howard Stern claimed the title. Billy was an innovator in radio in television and even had a, had a movie studio at sure one did. point yeah. producing Christian films. So this is a guy that was – and he embraced the Internet when it came out, satellite so technology and the rest. He was always willing to try new things, take risks, and, and be there as, you know, uh, I, I think a North Star for our nation in many ways. He just was a man that we knew if he was in the Oval Office, regardless of what – president he was talking to would give them godly advice, but he was a man one-on-one with just regular folks who always had time for them and cared about them.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's important that the younger generation know uh, about Billy Graham. I've taken yeah. my family, my children, we've we've visited the Billy Graham Library and Museum right. in uh, in Charlotte, and I know you've been there, and uh, yeah. it tells the story, and it made an impact on them, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and so we should do that, and, and folks here in, in Alabama, we've uh, certainly got Uh, much easier access to Charlotte than many people around the country. It's a great trip uh, to drive over through Atlanta to Charlotte and go see the Billy Graham Library. It'll impact you uh, deeply. The book is The Man I Knew, Billy Graham. And it's a great uh, biography on Billy Graham, told from a personal standpoint with uh, Greg Laurie's uh, personal anecdotes and experiences and, and knowledge as well. And I wanna talk about more of that personal side and you, your interactions with him and some of the things he talked to you about and challenged you about when we come back on the other side. Our guest is Pastor Greg Laurie. The book is Billy Graham, The Man I Knew, and uh, it's gonna be available everywhere. So uh, you're gonna wanna find it and we'll tell you more about how you can get it when we come back on the other side. We are visiting with Pastor Greg Laurie. His new book is The Man I Knew, Billy Graham. And of course, Billy Graham, one of the most recognized, trusted, iconic figures of the 20th and 21st centuries, Uh, a confidant, uh, advisor to presidents, not only presidents, but uh, leaders around the world, Uh, an entrepreneur, a media pioneer. We've talked about all of that. Uh, He was America's preacher. Um, But uh, Greg Laurie, for you, you also called him a friend. And uh, not there's there's a lot of people can say it, but boy, there's, uh, comparatively to the people who, who knew of him, not very many people could say they knew him that personally like you did.
1: Well, it was a real honor, Greg. You know, I, I got to know Billy, I first met him in the 70s, got to know him a little better in the mid 80s, and then developed a friendship with him in the 90s. I was just starting our crusade ministry and his was effectively on the last leg. And he was aware of what I was doing and asked me to help him with sermon illustrations because so, mm-hmm. he wanted to reach a younger audience. So I'm in my late 30s at that point. And so I was working on his messages, you know, taking his illustrations, you know, use, finding cultural things, yep. quotes about music, things, movies, et cetera, that would connect with the modern audience of that day. Uh, and so, you know, I remember when Billy said to me, I called him Dr. Graham because that's what all of his team called him, Dr. Graham. I said, well, Dr. Graham, he said, well, call me Billy. And I said, okay, Dr. Graham, let me ask you this. And <laughs> It took me a long time to get comfortable calling him Billy. But he kept saying it to me, so I finally just started calling him Billy. And, and, but, you know, because he is a larger-than-life figure. I mean, you know, when you shook hands with Billy Graham, you were shaking hands with Mr. History. You know, I quote C.S. Lewis. He met C.S. Lewis. I admire Winston Churchill he knew Winston Churchill and shared the gospel with them. You know, you read about all these people that come and have gone on the world scene, and so many of them were impacted by Graham from the Queen of England to, of course, the President of the United States to senators, congressmen, movie stars, but then scores and scores of unknown people that he encountered and engaged with and, and ministered to. So, it, you know being his friend was such a privilege and i never took it for granted uh i always knew i'm here with billy graham i i just i'm so happy you know it's always yes. so excited you know i've had the privilege craig of of being in the white house a number of times and going to the oval office and that that's really a privilege but nothing was exciting uh none none of that was as exciting as driving up that little country road to his home there in montreal north carolina and spending time with him and Ruth. To me, that was greater than being with the president or anybody else, because to me, he was one of our greatest Christian leaders of all time.
0: Yeah. Where do you think, uh, where is crusade ministry now? Uh, you you do, you know, pre-COVID, of course, you, you do some of the largest crusades, what I would say is close to what Billy Graham did in size and scope, from what you do in Anaheim to what you have done in Dallas and other places. Uh, and and one time he told you that you should leave your church and become a full-time evangelist. Is that right? That's true.
1: Yes, he did, yeah. And when he said that to me, I said, Now, Billy, when you say something to me like that, it's like Moses just said it. <laughs> and he kind of smiled. I said, I have to really pray about that one. And I came back to him later and said, Billy, I feel called to be both a pastor and an evangelist. But, you know, what Billy did and what I do it's, I call it proclamation evangelism. So the idea is to proclaim the gospel in a way that's understandable, uh, especially for the non-believer, and give them an opportunity to respond and accept Christ into their life. Uh, yes, COVID made it impossible for us to do this uh, this last year, but we're making plans for next year to do another live crusade, probably on the largest scale we've ever done, quite frankly. Wow. But we're, we, you know, what we did was we pivoted to the screen and we produced a film called A Rush of Hope that you can watch on our website, harvest.org, which was, I called it a cinematic crusade. So I took the elements of the crusade and put them in the film designed for the non-believers. So, you know, the thing is, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, to use a cliche. Yeah. But, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. This has been a moment for the church to pivot. You know, if we stay in the way we've done it before, it's going to be hard. So we found new ways to reach more people. But I do hope, God willing, to return to live, large-scale evangelistic crusades again in the future.
0: I hope so. Um, Billy Graham, the man I knew, Pastor Greg Laurie. And you can find it there at Amazon or Barnes & Nobles. It's available everywhere. It's uh, really, really great. I've, I've been into it for the last week or so and just really enjoying it. And we know so much about Billy Graham. His life has been, um, you know, just picked apart. Uh, I mean, you know, he has a, his own library, a, a, akin to a presidential library. It's just as extensive. Uh, what's something maybe that we don't know about Billy Graham but that we should know? Huh, ah,
1: that's a good question. Well, there's so many things, I would say. Uh, let me come back to something I said earlier. Um, Billy was a, he was an innovator. He was ahead of his time in so many things uh you know we think of him as I said earlier as a grandfather figure yeah he was that but even in his older years he was still willing to take a risk and do something he hadn't done before billy was a bridge builder not a bridge burner let me say two things number one he innovated in media before anybody else did it and he mastered it radio television movies here's another thing he 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 was really big into racial reconciliation. You know, he was friends with Dr. Martin Luther King, and Dr. King asked Billy to march with him. And Billy didn't feel that was his calling, but he brought Dr. King to Madison Square Garden for Billy's crusade and had Martin Luther King lead in prayer. That was a risk for Billy. He was a son of the South. And there were some people that didn't like what he was doing with uh, Dr. King. But Billy understood that uh, it's important to build bridges. He was asked to preach at a segregated crusade. Billy said, I will not preach at a segregated event and demanded that those barriers were taken down. So I think he was really ahead of his time in that way, wanting to build a bridge bridge to the African-American community. But then he was a world figure. You know, he preached all around the world he wasn't just America's evangelist he went to south korea and preached over a million people in one event not on social media not on television in person over 1 million people so he was always breaking new ground left and right
0: yeah one thing you brought out in the book that i had not thought about uh, was his international and even and even travel here in america travel was not as easy uh, then no. as it is now boy just, well, he, he worked hard. I mean, he would run crusades, not, not three nights. I mean, we're talking weeks or months at a time. I right. And preach every single night a, a fresh message, always the gospel, but would bring it in a different way. And uh, the, the air flights, uh, you know, the car rides. Uh, and, and, well, you think it would just take years and years off your life to, to, to run like that but he still lived to be 99. Uh, yeah. That was something I had not thought about, was just how difficult it was to do what he did when he did it, especially in the 50s and 60s uh, early on. Um, what about with you personally? What What was the greatest impact on you personally that, that he made?
1: Well, Greg, I would say that he was just, um, to me, he was like a father figure. You know, I never had a dad growing up. And uh, so to spend time with him he was sort of like the father you wished you had, had, and and I never tried to become like his weird adopted son or anything like yeah. that. But but I sung him in a fatherly way, and and he was so Billy was not judgmental. He was very loving. He you know, and he was. Um, I think that's why people were drawn to him because they saw this openness of heart and a and a concern and a desire to help bring them to Christ. He, and when you sat down with Billy, <clears throat> he didn't talk about himself. In fact, it was hard to get him to talk about himself. Uh, he liked to talk to the person he was with. He would ask about you. He would want to know about you. And, and, he was, and he was very interested. in whatever you told him, he'd remember. And then he might retell that to somebody else, what he had heard you or somebody else say. And to, to, when you were around, Billy... He would treat the other person as the more important person, not, not himself. And, and, you know, you can't fake that. I mean, maybe you can fake it once or twice. But when, when you've been around a guy as long as I was around him for over two decades and saw him in every kind of setting imaginable, from the boardroom to public events to restaurants to just walking around, hanging out at his house, he always was that guy. And his, he would often say, I'm just a country preacher. And that wasn't big humility. That's actually who he was.
0: Yeah, Billy Graham, the man I knew, with Pastor Greg Laurie, and uh, now Greg, you you've got uh, a friend in Montgomery area that's uh, doing some work.
1: Yes, I sure do. His name is Jason Powell, and you know, you want to talk about an evangelist. Billy was an evangelist, but Jason is one of the most effective evangelists I know, and he's doing a church plant in Montgomery, Alabama, yeah. your state, called Jesus City Church. He, he he has a piece of property there that they're renting and a huge letters on the windows that says there's a God in heaven who loves you. So if you're anyone anywhere near Montgomery, Alabama, check out Jesus City Church with my friend Jason Powell.
0: Well, Greg, if you'll, uh, if you'll, if you'll point him our direction, we'll, we'll get him here on the show and, and get to know him a little bit. That would be great. I'll do it.
1: Thank you so yeah. much, Greg.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie, always a pleasure. People, get the book. It's Billy Graham, The Man I Knew. I, I've read several, several biographies on Billy Graham and watched everything that's, uh, you know, all the documentaries that have been put out. And uh, I have enjoyed this one as much as any uh, because of the personal touches you're able to put in it. And, uh, and I've, I've read Franklin's book. Uh, you know, I've read them all and this is right there with it. Thank you, sir. We're right up against the break, but it's so great to visit with you and we'll look forward to doing it again. My pleasure. God
1: bless, Craig. God
0: bless you.